0: What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Monday. That's right. It's What's Good Games live at 11 a.m. Pacific time right here at twitch.tv slash what's good games. I'm Andrea Renee joined by Miss Brittany Brambacher. Hello. And we have a very special guest. Anita Sarkeesian is here. Welcome, Anita. Hello. I'm so glad that we were able to get you on the show this morning. We were talking about it on the Friday show last week. How it had been so long since I had spoken with you in person. I think the last time I saw you, we like ran into each other in passing at um was it was, was e three I think
1: we were at e three together. Yeah, e three we oh at gosh, some lobby hotel lobby as is done at e three. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. How have you been? How are you holding up in quarantine? I'm doing all right, you know, pretty, pretty all right. I work from home, so it's not a huge difference for me, except I do miss traveling. You know, I'm usually on the road a lot and, you know, out doing things. So there's a little bit of cabin fever happening. But overall, I feel really fortunate to have like an a already set up workspace.
0: Yeah, we are in the exact same boat. So feel you there. It's been nice to work from home and have everything kind of ready to go at her fingertips. But for people who may be a little bit confused about who Anita is, you probably know her from her very popular video series, Feminist Frequency. But she also is the host of Feminist Frequency Radio, and she has a book, and she's working on this (laughs) cool charity thing, and she's got this new hotline. Basically, Anita, you're all over the place, and we're going to talk a little bit about your projects that you're working on later in the show. But she's going to hang out with us and talk about some news, which we'll get to in just a minute. Brittany. Yo! Shall we? we start with some announcements?
2: Let's freaking do it. So first of all, we want to give a huge shout out to everyone who joined us for last week's streams. We streamed every something every day, I believe. Yes, it was was a very busy week, but it was a very fun week. We got to celebrate Steimer's birthday. We got to play Predator with Geo. You did the bungee bounties thing on Friday. It was just a really fun time. So huge. Thank you to everyone who joined us. So yay. Okay. And then next up. Andrea, tomorrow you're streaming Call of Duty Warzone with Blind Game Receive, which is freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, so we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks and um, he had reached out to me and was like, hey, um, I need some peeps to stream Call of Duty with me. And Rihanna and I were like, "Uh, we're here. Let's do it. So we haven't quite nailed down all of the details, but it's going to be tomorrow night around 530 is when we're going to kind of kick things off and get chatting. And then we're going to, you know, kind of jump into gameplay around 6 p.m. Of course, we'll be streaming here. I just haven't confirmed with Steve if we're also streaming on his channel, like doing team streams, but. All of those details will suss out in the next couple of hours, and of course, follow us, what's good underscore games on Twitter, and add Andrea Renee to get all of the details, but it'll be tomorrow night, it'll be lots of fun, hopefully you guys will stop by.
2: Yes, and then Friday, May 15th, we're appearing on Gary Witta's Animal Talking at 9 a.m. Pacific, that is going to be on twitch.tv slash Gary Witta. Uh, I'm not quite sure what to expect, I have yet to catch one of his shows admittedly, but I plan on doing my homework before we hop on, but I heard I've heard it's a very good time. I heard he has some very popular, famous people on that show. And we're Indeed. That he
0: had Greg Miller on the show this morning, actually. Oh, that
2: actually. Kid. Of all yeah, the famous people, guy. Greg Miller. <laughs> uh,
0: we have to do a dress rehearsal inside Animal Crossing with Gary before the end of the week, but I've watched almost all of the episodes, and they are so much fun. I think it's so great that he's been able to take this platform like Animal Crossing and make this really cool piece of creative content out of it. I mean, he does have the same problems that everybody does with Animal Crossing and multiplayer, that they experience technical hiccups. Uh, But it is a really neat little show. So I'm looking forward to hanging out with Gary. And then... This weekend is our big third year birthday anniversary stream, and we have lots of stuff going on. So Saturday, May 16th, from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time, we're going to be streaming right here on our Twitch channel. We hope that you will join us. We're going to have some fun special guests. We'll be playing some games. We'll be doing some giveaways, but it's going to be great.
2: Gonna be great. I'm gonna be doing Microsoft Paint stuff. And I mean, I don't know, Anita, I know you've never probably had the privilege of watching me use Microsoft Paint Live, but I am a modern day artiste and my works of art will someday go for millions of dollars. So if you'd like to pop by, I can dedicate a piece to you. I
1: would love that. <laughs> I can't wait.
0: If you've I'm, never I'm watched Brid- <laughs> it's wonderful. No, you should. You should come by. Because her her ability to draw super fast is always so impressive to me. Now <laughs> I don't want to say that they're not really representative of the way things look in real life, but maybe it's more of like an abstract impression. I, yeah,
2: I specialize in abstract art. You know, that's kind of what it is. And unfortunately for me, it's all about the speed over the quality,
1: but that's okay. It's you chose fine. your priorities, you know, you just got to stick with that. You made your Peter, choices. I
2: think. You need to be my hype woman from here on out. I know. Whatever. I'm here. I'm here for it. <laughs> we do this stuff. It's going to be perfect. And then the following day, Sunday, May 17th, is going to be our Patreon stream. So uh, yeah, that's where we have our happy hour Q&A live stream, which is open to all patrons. And then our after hour stream, which is where we play a game, sometimes with you, but we stream it and it's a good time. It's going to be a fun weekend. Yes, it will.
0: Busy, but fun. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. And we hope that y'all join us in that endeavor. And that's going to do it for our announcements for today. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the news, Britt.
2: Okay. Would you like me to kick things off with Ubisoft's? Why not? Go for it. Let's do it. Okay. So Ubisoft this morning announces UB Forward. So save the date. Join us July 12th for Ubisoft Forward, a fully digital showcase with exclusive game news, reveals, and more. Stay tuned. Dot, dot, dot. Hashtag UbiForward. Forward. So Andrea put together this nice little column over here. She was very fancy in our Google Doc this morning. It's true. I did. Very impressed with you. And so it's going to be an E3-style showcase with, like I said, exclusive game news, exciting reveals, and plenty more. So just as a refresher... In 2019, these were the announcements. We got Gods and Monsters, which is that Breath of the Wild lookalike, which looks freaking beautiful. Roller Champions. I forgot about Roller Champions. The Division 2 DLC. Rainbow Six Siege DLC. For Honor DLC. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Tom Clancy's Elite Squad mobile game. Mythic Quest sitcom, which is actually a really fun show if you haven't seen it. And Watch Dogs Legion. And so, what's anticipated for this year is more Assassin's Creed Valhalla, perhaps actual gameplay, Watch Dogs (laughs) Legion, Just Dance 2021, Far Cry 6, Beyond Good and Evil 2, DLC for The Division 2, Rainbow Six for Honor and Ghost Recon. So ladies, what do you you think about this? What's going to happen? What's going to be cool?
0: I am very much looking forward to seeing an update for Watch Dogs Legion. It was a game that we really loved from E3 last year, and while it's not surprising that it was delayed because what they're trying to do in that game is really ambitious, particularly for the type of formula games that Ubisoft does with their open world, but we haven't heard an update in a long time. It's just been kind of delayed indefinitely, and all of the marketing we've seen so far from Ubisoft is around Assassin's Creed Valhalla right now, and it would be really surprising to me if they put those two Titan games kind of head-to-head because those are, I believe, their top-selling franchises right now that are in the more um, third person genre, obviously, Just Dance crushes it for them every year <laughs> from a fiscal standpoint. But um, for when you talk about units sold, that kind of fit the more AAA blockbuster um, formula, those games are big. What do you think, Anita? Do well, you think we're going to hear from Watchdogs Legion this
1: year? or Do you think it's next year? Oh. I think you're you're right. I think that is probably not coming out this year. I think a lot of stuff is up in the air in a complicated way in game development right now. Um, you know, in terms of like get, even getting through CERT, like the, the questions about whether those offices are open to like even get get going that far into development, let alone the production of it. I think that there'll be a lot of a lot more delays coming up um, for some of the favorites that we're excited to hear about. Um, Yeah, I so (laughs) several years ago uh, when they announced Beyond Good and Evil 2 at E3, I like straight up cried, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't think I've ever cried at a, a, a games conference announcement before. But I just like, oh, my God, Beyond Good and Evil was like the game for me, like just loved it. Um, and so I am really looking forward to seeing what else they're doing with that game. I you know, I'm a little bit apprehensive about what I've seen so far in terms of what they're trying to accomplish with it. Um, but I just I can't wait to be back in that world and see what's going on. So I really do hope that there's more announcements for it. But again, like I'm not holding my breath. I think there's gonna be a lot of delays this year.
2: Yeah, and going back 100%. to Watchdog, Legions, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Gods and Monsters. So it was we were in Fargo, Andrea, and I remember this is when Ubisoft delayed those three games due to essentially they just wanted more quality development time. And Ghost Recon Breakpoint had just came out at that time, and needless to say, that was not received very well. So they did say that they're pushing these three titles to fiscal year whatever that is. I'm really bad at these, but basically it's the it's the period between April of 2020 and March 31st of 2021. So, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if these games don't come out until next year or at least late, late this year, and they're going to be cross-platform as well. Uh, What about Skull and Bones? Does anyone care about that game anymore?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people in the chat that are mentioning Skull and Bones, Uh, and I think that if we're going to have ship combat of any kind in Assassin's Creed, that it's going to probably compete directly with Skull and Bones, even though I know Skull and Bones is designed to be more of like a, a pirate multiplayer game. I remember when this game was announced, everyone was like, Sea of Thieves? Aren't they the same thing? And it's like, obviously, they're very different for a variety of reasons. But I don't know what's happening with Skull and Bones. It almost feels like Ubisoft is intentionally not talking about it because they're either completely reworking it from the ground up or potentially scrapping it. I don't know. It's going to
2: be the combat in AC Valhalla. They're just going to take all of the mechanics and stick it in there. Well, the
0: team that worked on Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, where we really started to see a lot of that naval stuff come to fruition that was originally developed for Assassin's Creed 3, that team on AC4 is the same team working on Valhalla, so I imagine the ship mechanics to be like a really robust part of the game, but I think that they've said that there's not going to be the same amount of ship combat that we saw in Odyssey, and I don't know if that's because they're intentionally making the game smaller, which we talked about last week, or if because the style of ships that the Vikings used specifically weren't designed for that type of ship combat. Mm. So, interesting things to keep an eye on. Um, some other things that I am looking forward to, I agree with you, Anita. I'm super excited about Bianca and Evil 2. I think that they announced that way too early. I get that they had to say something about it, right? They had to I mean, get did I did acknowledge they? that the leaks Sorry. were I happening. I to cut you off,
1: but like we waited this long. You know, I just... <laughs> Just be be ready, you know, but that, yeah, no, I think the
0: reason why I say that is because I always get a little anxious, slash frustrated. When teams announce something and then we don't hear from them for like another three or four years. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at you, Elder Scrolls, which we're going to talk about in a little <laughs> bit. But I mean, like, that was my thing. I was like, they came out with this amazing trailer, this gorgeous cinematic trailer that I think all of us who are fans of Beyond Good and Evil were excited about. And then they essentially just like unwound it all and said, well, don't expect that. It's going to be very different. That's just, you know, concept tech demo trailer. And I'm like, wait, what?
1: yeah yeah. and it also oh sorry sorry well and also like that (laughs) that reveal didn't tell us anything (laughs) it just looked great right like it was a it was an upgraded uh aesthetic from a very familiar beloved franchise like when you actually got into what they're doing it's very different like the game is very very different and it's very ambitious and so i agree with you even though i was sort of (laughs) <laughs> making fun of you earlier that like, yeah, wh- why don't you wait till you have a little more substance to, to give us to, so we can like actually hold on to something here. 100%.
0: doesn't mean I'm not excited to see more, but it feels to me that they're either going to come with a giant reveal now and they're going to have a launch hopefully soon, or they're going to have one more tease. And then where this is happening 2021 or beyond, which I mean probably makes sense, but you know, fingers crossed, we get something good. And then, of course, we had the kind of sneak peek slash T slash leak from the actor that plays um, Vaughn, I believe, in Far Cry 3. And that indicated that we might see something from Far Cry franchise this year. Is it Far Cry 6? Maybe? Is it Far Cry colon... Random word? Maybe.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're due Don't for a Far Cry game. That series has really grown on me. I I mean, granted, to be fair, I'm not gonna pretend like I've been playing Far Cry games the whole time I've been playing games. I only started really with five well, Primal Five and then New Dawn. But those games are just so good, although flawed, they're just good for a good time. You know, like pop in there, it's good, stupid fun. And like they're not the most they're not the best paced games, but they're just I I always have, especially with now that co-op's been implemented with 5 and New Dawn. But if you're going to believe one, Jason Schreier, because what happened during Ubisoft's earning call is they said, you know, we have Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six, and um, Watch Dogs. And then there's two unannounced titles that we'll also be talking about and announcing. Now we know one is Valhalla, and some folks have been hoping it was Splinter Cell. Jason Schreier was like, LOL, no, sorry, it's Far Cry. So,
0: yeah, it makes sense. And to to correct myself, Michael Mondo is the name of the actor who plays Voss Voss. in Far Cry. And and he was the one who was doing a fan Q&A. And that's when he was like, oh, keep an eye out. Hint, hint that he might be reprising his role or potentially playing a different role. So, yeah, I mean, Far Cry makes sense. I don't know what's happening with the Splinter Cell franchise at Ubisoft, but they have a lot working with Tom Clancy properties right now, between maintaining the Division Two, maintaining Rainbow Six Siege, and of course Ghost Recon. And so all three of those are Tom Clancy properties. To add Splinter Cell into the mix seems like it would be a lot for one publisher to handle at, at all at one time. As far as like live service games, it's very possible they're looking at Splinter Cell and how they can make that a live service game, knowing what they've done with their other Tom Clancy properties. Mm -hmm. And it'd be interesting from a gameplay perspective, knowing that that game is more stealth action focus, how you would make that a live service game. Yeah. Mm. Don't know. Dun,
2: dun, dun.
0: Anyway, moving on, unless you have more things we would like to talk about. Mythic Quest season two.
2: Oh, I mean, I would be down for that. I mean, I think it's happening, right? I think they announced it's happening. Mythic Quest was really fun. If you guys haven't seen it, I would I would suggest seeing it. It's a
0: good time. Oh, I watched it. Anita, did you
1: catch it I on didn't. Apple TV? I didn't. Should I check it out?
0: I think that you would appreciate a lot of the inside baseball jokes about game dev and some of the tropes that are very on the nose. <laughs> but what I what I love about it is that, you know, they consulted with real game devs. And so it doesn't feel inauthentic. It doesn't feel like... A lot of mainstream media feels when it's talking about the gaming community or the gaming industry, where it's like you clearly understand that they don't know because they're not in it. And I love that. And Ashley Birch is just divine in it. And I love that she has this really neat character. I wish there was more of her. The guy who runs the studio, uh, the guy from Always Sunny, he is just, he's just like such an egomaniac in a way.
1: That feels so real.
0: People, that's why it's so good. You're like, oh, God,
2: it's too on the nose.
1: It's too perfect. I, I, I feel yeah. like that just sold it for me. I feel like I need to watch that now. I will. It's I will check good. it out and tune back in and let you know what I thought. Perfect. Yeah it's,
0: yeah, it's good fodder for watching right now. I know a lot of us are getting a little slim pickings in the Netflix queue <laughs> entering month three of quarantine. <laughs> so which is crazy to think about, but. I think that it's worth your time if you go, uh if you have some some free time to watch watch a dumb TV show. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Speaking of Ubisoft, um they had an announcement last week with Xbox, which we talked about. We live-streamed reactions to the Xbox Series X gameplay partner reveal. And as we talked about on the Friday show, we were a bit disappointed. But good news, Xbox and Ubisoft were like, ooh, you know what? You're right. We kind of messed that up. So there were two responses from both Ubisoft and Xbox about the Series X Assassin's Creed Valhalla debut in particular. General Manager of Xbox Games Marketing, Aaron Greenberg, who we did see during the live stream last week, responded the backlash on Twitter by saying had we not said anything and just shown May's inside Xbox show like we did last month I suspect reactions might have been different clearly we set some wrong expectations and that's on us we appreciate the feedback and can assure you we will take it all in and learn as a team
2: yeah I that's i mean <laughs> sure. yes i mean it, it was, here's the thing is it wasn't a bad showcase i think what they showed was great but it was the expectations that were mismanaged and that's kind of what it comes down to with all these things right if you're saying oh we're going to show next gen gameplay woo, and you show some but all most of it's in engine people are going to get sad and then you're going to have to do this that's what it all comes down to
0: 100 percent, and that's what we talked about at length yeah. on the show last week was that they just set the expectation up and Anita, what Brittany and I and were kind of scratching our heads about is how are game marketing companies still doing this so many years into a digital era, into a live streaming era where the internet mobs are like latching onto every morsel of info they can get we
1: were like, how do they not know better by now? I think that's a good question. Like (laughs) there's this, there's a sense of, you know, we talk about like dinosaurs in the industry and like understanding how things have changed and grown and, and what digital culture is, what audiences are right now, um, how they're responding, whether, you know, in toxic ways or in really positive, exciting ways, or even, you know, critical ways that, and I mean that in, um, in the genuine sense of critique, not like, Bad, but but like mm-hmm. let's deconstruct this thing, um, and so I'm I've been the, all of this is getting getting me thinking about like what what has this pandemic, h- how is this pandemic going to, if anything, change the way that we have expectations around some of this type of communication? Um, you know, we we talked about the announcement of a Ubisoft presser. We just had an Xbox presser. I'm expecting to have several more announcements of pressers around the time that E3 would be uh, happening, even though it's not. And so like, what does that mean about the future of E3, right? There's been a lot of rumblings for years about like it, it kind of not being very important anymore, very useful. Like, do you think we're going to lose E3 after this year? Like, is it going to be proof that digital pressers on their own will be enough? Gosh, I,
0: I sure hope not. I mean, Brittany and I have been long fans of E3 as a show. And while I think there's a lot of minutiae to the argument about what the ESA is doing right and what they're doing wrong, which, you know, we won't dive too much into right now because that could be a whole show on its own. I, I for one, would love to see a games festival of some sort continue. Does it need to be the Electronic Entertainment Expo as put on by the ESA? I don't think so. I think... You know, Jeff Keighley could take his Summer Game Fest idea and expand it out and bring together those publishers much the same way that Penny Arcade developed PAX into this behemoth of a consumer show when it started out as a pretty small fan convention, right? So I think that there's a space for those things to happen, but I don't see a world where it goes all digital. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who works in PR about this, and the reason I think that is because there's no replacing... Having a captive audience inside a behind-closed-doors demo room showing them a 20- or 30-minute slice of the game that's probably never going to see the light of day ever. Like, it's never going to be put on the internet. And then having the developers or the the creative leads be in the room explaining it one-on-one with people. and. The reason why I don't think that you're able to accomplish that in a digital setting is because when we're at home and we're watching a live stream, much like everyone in the Twitch chat is watching us right now, we're doing a bunch of different things, right? It's rare that we're a captive audience, taking notes, listening to every word of the presentation. We have two or three screens that we're looking at our phone, we're playing Animal Crossing on our Switch, we're eating (laughs) breakfast, we're doing all these different things, right? It's just not the same vibe that you get when you're on the show floor.
1: Yeah. Well, and I I was going to say that, like, I think one of the things is we're realizing how important in person – Engagement is <laughs> right now. If we thought that there wasn't, yes. I think there's a difference between like announcing games in a digital way versus the bringing communities together in person and networking and meeting and and all of that. So you know, it might not be E3 like you said, but I think that there, I think that whatever is next, whether it is E3 or another event, I really hope that they do what we were just kind of talking about. Is like recognize what today's world is like what today's fans are like what this consumer audience is what how, what developers need to get going and kind of integrate that into an exciting new experience for everyone to to really ha- shine in a lot of ways
2: yeah absolutely what if all the like you know all the announcements let's say go digital kind of like they're doing right now right where that's you know how we're getting the Ubisoft news we're going to be getting this other event coming up here and then they kind of take E3 back to what it was, where maybe it's like a video game summer camp where we all stay in cabins, <laughs> and then they rent out, like, rooms, and then we all demo games behind closed doors, and that's the hype of it. I mean, I'm down. I'm down for summer camp. What's good? <laughs> summer camp. Let's go. That sounds kind of awesome, actually. <gasps> that would actually. Be, fun. Yeah. be fun. I'm here for the Yeah, ideas. I just think
0: that there is a space to do live events and also expand the digital footprint. We've been talking about that for a long time with E3, how they need to do something more akin to what BlizzCon does with their digital and virtual tickets, where they have like these virtual demo rooms that people can queue into or they have virtual demos of games that people can play. Obviously, it's not going to be everything. Some things are still going to be just a presentation instead of hands-on because that's just the nature of game development. But I think that there's a way for them to keep a live in-person event and also expand the digital footprint. So I'm hoping 2021 is going to be a nice marriage of both. Um, And just to um, kind of finish off this Xbox Assassin's Creed story, uh, creative director Ashraf Ismail from the Ubisoft team also took to Twitter to respond to some people last week and said on the extended trailer, you rightfully expected to see more today. We have a long marketing campaign ahead of us. You will see in-depth gameplay and get a lot more info about the game. I'm like, cool, Ash, I like you a lot. You're a good dude. You really are. But that was kind of like a wah, wah response.
1: <laughs> well, and also, so I'll just say, I'll, to be on the other side of this just really quick, I know we should move on from this, but like, I suspect that Xbox pulled that together really quickly um, I have a little bit of sympathy for people putting on events right now and how difficult that is and trying to pull all these different pieces together. So like, yeah, it was kind of a flub. But also, yeah, I, I kind of want to just give folks a little bit more like wh- while we just were like, hey, everyone do better. <laughs> I also want to give a little bit of compassion to like just how hard it is to do anything right now.
0: and we definitely are champions of that here at What's Good to the point that you know a lot of people like to come in and call us shills for for big gaming and we're like yeah no we just know that developers are people dude (laughs) they're humans with faces and names and families and you're absolutely right that it's hard I'm still not giving Xbox a pass because as Aaron Greenberg said yeah we probably didn't need to say all that did we (laughs) nope (laughs) <laughs> okay um speaking of e3s press conferences and more our next story is not really a story it's more of just like a yeah we talked about this last week too they already said this uh the elder scrolls 6 next news will likely be years from now IGN has a little write-up that says don't expect details on the elder scrolls 6 until years from now according to bethesda senior vice president pete Hines, responding to a tweet asking for more information about the next gen games Hines was Heinz was unequivocal, or uh, yes, unequivocal, making clear that the news was fa- still fairly unknown. The Starfield is coming well before anything on Elder Scrolls. So this person named at KilowattQ wrote to him and said, "All right, check it out, DC Deacon. Let's cut the shit. When can we expect some info on the Elder Scrolls Six? We need this." Which I mean, yeah, I, I'm down for that. And yeah. then Pete responded. It's after Starfield, which you pretty much know nothing about, so if you're coming at me for details now, and not years from now, I'm failing to properly manage your expectations. IGN continues, we already knew not to expect Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6 news this year, so it'll likely be some time before we hear anything about either game. Bethesda won't be holding a digital replacement for E3 this year, but it does plan to deliver news on Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo in some form. After being teased at E3 2018, neither Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6, have released Windows as of yet. And a recent job listing for the latter could suggest that development on Elder Scrolls 6 has only begun in earnest (laughs) recently. Which is
2: like, I feel like they were clear about that at E3. Yeah, I thought they were too, but you never know. You people you you hope for the things you can't have, Andrea. Right now we can't have Elder Scrolls 6, which means we have to hope for it. But I I went on YouTube because I I forgot what the Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6 reveal trailer looked like. And that's probably my fault because I believe we were all very tipsy at that Bethesda press conference in Los Angeles a couple of years ago. Oh yes. Oh god, that was yes, such we a were. Good time. It was <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> anyway, so like, I was watching the Elder Scrolls 6 reveal, and it's just, like, this epic music over this the panning of this beautiful landscape. But what I discovered is that there is a commenter in that section called Monsoir, or Monsoir, I don't know how to say it, DuPont. And he's leaving a comment every single day. And he's currently up to comment number 419. Oh, my and God. <laughs> <laughs> and every comment is this person, like, dropping a suggestion over what they would like to see in the next Elder Scrolls game. And I thought that was kind wow. of
1: interesting. Wow. So that's, yeah, every day, so, man, that's some c- commitment. I, I, I don't know if I'm, I don't. I don't think I'm saying that in a, a loving way, but I'm just like blown away
0: by it. Do you think he's got like a calendar reminder that's like built on? on? Yeah.
2: Probably. I'm trying to think 419 things. I don't even know if I could critique my favorite franchise of all time with 400 different things. Yeah, I don't know. That's just insane to me. Are they all unique that's true. ideas? I looked through, like, four of them, to be fair. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, was like, I'm exhausted. It like- <laughs> yeah, I was like better art, um, archery, and it was better, livelier towns, and stuff like that, and better rain physics. St- you know, things like that, which is like, okay, I guess if you're going to be that, like, specific, there's probably thousands of things you could wish for. But I still thought it was a pretty fun thing. I hope this person uh, is successful. I, I don't really know where I'm going with that. Good job, sir. You did it. You're doing it.
0: I I appreciate the commitment. I think it's um I think it's interesting and great. So um so good job, random guy, Bonsoir, <laughs> whatever your name is. DuPont. Um But yeah, we we knew that we weren't going to hear from either of these franchises. I I th- would assume that we would get some kind of a teaser for Starfield, maybe potentially later this year, potentially around Gamescom maybe but if they're saying we're not getting either of them until next year that's kind of a bummer knowing that they announced starfield in 2018 i was hoping for a 2021 release date
2: yeah it'd be nice to get something about it but we know nothing about it other than it's just a new space epic from bethesda and that's how they're describing it exactly it's skyrim in the sky Oh, like God, literally in this <laughs> guy.
0: <laughs> okay. And our final piece of uh, major news we have a couple in case you missed us at the end here. I see you, Mr. Yasman, asking about this in the chat. The Gorilla Collective has been announced. It's an all-new online digital games festival to reveal fresh announcements, trailers, gameplay, and more from some of the hottest developers and publishers around the world. That's taken straight from their website. The Gorilla Collective is hosted by none other than Greg Miller and produced by the Media Indie Exchange, otherwise known as The Mix, with... The Kind of Funny Games Showcase. So when is this all happening? It's starting June 6th and goes through June 8th, and they're doing three days of digital content starting at 10 a.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central Europe time. Some of the participants include Larian, which, of course, you know, they've got Baldur's Gate 3, Uh, Thunderful, the Steam World series, Uh, Zaum, is that how you say that? Z-A-U-M? That's how I was saying it,
2: but that doesn't count for much.
0: The team that made Disco Elysium, which, uh, you know, set a lot of people on fire last year, got a lot of awards. For their RPG. And then, of course, Rebellion, which is best known for their Sniper Elite franchise. Uh, but there's a whole list of participants that you can see on the website. I'm not going to read through them all here, uh, but it's, you know, a lot of the usual suspects that you've seen at the Kind of Funny Game showcase before. It's really great to hear that Greg and Kind of Funny are still putting this together, and The Mix is a great partner. The Mix has been a staple at video game events, particularly at GDC and PAX for the last couple of years in a row. So we were all kind of wondering what was going to happen to the indies, knowing that E3 was canceled this year. I'd spoken to quite a few people. We've seen now that Indie Mega Booth is essentially like in hibernation mode since all their events have been canceled. We don't know what's happening with IndieCade, and so I'm glad to hear that at least something's happening on the horizon. So congrats to all those people and... We look forward to seeing what you're going to bring. What do you think about this
1: indie three-day event, Anita? I mean, it sounds pretty cool. I'm excited to see how it works out. Um, And, you know, like looking at this list, there's some really great publishers on here. I do want to shout out Wings Interactive. I'm really excited to see them on there because, in case you don't know, Wings is a newer um, label that is working to fund diverse and female developers. So, like, they're really, you know, trying trying to bring in showcase talent that is sometimes ignored or looked over um and i'm i'm excited to see them on this so also if, you, if you're a female game dev last week <laughs> yeah if you're if you're a female game dev you can submit your game um, there's a portal on their website right now to do that so please please do go get your games funded
2: Yar. Yeah. yeah giant says it's pronounced to swum to swum that z-a the disco elysium developer so there you go. Never would have <laughs> cool. known that. Um, I'm quick, still going to mess it up. <laughs> when it comes down to this Gorilla Collective, some details that the article didn't go into is on June 6th, they're having, uh, let's see, the Paradox Insider broadcast, which is going to be a 30-minute dive into what Paradox Interactive is working on. I mostly know them right now for Vampire mas- Masquerade Bloodlines 2. So that'll be happening that day. Also on that day is the digital version of the PC Gaming Show. And that will take place at 12. And they're going to have new game announcements and updates for the most exciting PC gaming projects. There's going to be more than 20 developers participating, including 2K, Humble Bundle, and New Blood Interactive. And then also at 2.30 on the same day, June 6th, is going to be the Future game Show, which is in partner with Games Radar. And it's an hour long broadcast containing exclusive trailers, announcements, and deep dives on existing AAA and indie games, focusing on current and next gen consoles, mobile, and streaming platforms.
0: So, Wait, what's
2: the last one you just mentioned? Future Game Show in partnership with Games Radar. Feature or future? Future, future with two U's. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. So it sounds like the sixth is going to be mostly some press conferences, and then the seventh is going to be probably more announcements. And then they're saying the 8th is going to be the Day of Gameplay Demos and Developer Interviews. So it'll be a good time. The thing I'm really excited about, Andrea and Anita, is Larian. Now, I know everyone's first thought is, oh, it has to be Baldur's Gate 3. But Larian tweeted out, you'll find out why dot 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 soon. Like, why are they going to be a part of this? Obviously, we want to see Baldur's Gate shit. But the way it's worded and phrased, my gut feeling is telling me they could have another announcement up their sleeve. And the only thing I could think of that it would be, would be Divinity Fallen Heroes, which is that tactics game that they were developing that was supposed to release in November of 2018, but in October, 2018 was put on indefinite hiatus. That's the thing I'm looking
0: Interesting. for. Interesting. Now I, I'm going to admit that I would not peg Baldur's Gate three for this type of indie showcase. That to me is a much bigger title that I would expect to see on Xbox Series X or PlayStation five. So I, if that is indeed what they're showing, to me, was probably the biggest title of all of these to be shown there. But again, I I'm with you, Britt, that I think it's probably a different project from
2: Larian. Yes, and so worth noting, you can still submit your games there until May fifteenth to the to be participate or to be featured in the Gorilla Collective. They're still accepting games. Game
1: submissions. Right. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been most excited about indie games the last few years. To be honest, like some of the bigger showcases just don't really do it for me. Um, and so, like, I'm I'm glad that there is going to be a, a big hurrah or a big to do around some of these, uh, so, some of the more like to, to me, I think, really innovative and exciting and experimental games that can come out in this space that sometimes get overlooked at the bigger shows. Yeah, absolutely. It's. It's such a tough thing
0: to get a little bit of the space of the conversation. We talk about discoverability perpetually being a problem for smaller teams, indies at the forefront of that saying how do we get people to even know that our game exists, let alone stream it, make YouTube videos, talk about it on their podcast, right? But like, just getting people to find it in like the Apple Store, or the Steam Marketplace, or Epic Game Store, or wherever they're publishing. Um, so I'm with you that it's great to see that they're going to have a space for that. And I really do applaud all three of the console makers for making an effort to focus on indies whether it's ID at xbox the nindies or of course playstation has a brand new fund that they're using to develop independent games as well that they announced last year i'm really happy to see that it's such a change from even just like two or three years ago I mean, i think playstation was kind of first to that market to say hey we want to spotlight some of these smaller titles and then Idea at Xbox came along, and then Nintendo, when they launched Switch, made a really big push for, for the Nindies program. And I think it's great when we get to see these smaller teams finally get a little bit of recognition on some big stages, whether they're virtual or not. All right. So we have just a couple more bullet points, and then we're going to get into... Some of Anita's projects that she's working on. Uh, In case you missed it, I can't remember if we briefly touched on this on the Friday show or not, Uh -uh. but Paris Games Week has been canceled. Uh, The announcement said that the current context and the necessary anticipation of both the technical and logistical complexities of an event, such as Paris Games Week, have led us to cancel this edition. This year should have been special with a lineup of new releases and an anniversary edition, which we were thrilled to celebrate with you. Uh, So sadly, no Paris Games Week this year. And then, of course, Tokyo Game Show, also been canceled. The show was taken due to take place September 24th through the 27th, of course, in Tokyo, as it always is every year. And just as a reminder, that show is massive. Uh, I think in 2018, they said there was 289,000 people and last year around 250,000. So that's a big blow to the Japanese gaming community. We know that there's not a lot of big events like that on that side of the world with the exception, I think, of China Joy, but I don't know how much overlap there is between those two shows. I haven't been to either. Well, I've been to TGS, but have you ever been to China Joy?
2: Mm.
1: Anita? No. No, I haven't. Um I I was at Paris Games Week last year. Um and one thing that I thought was really lovely about it was there was an entire expo hall for kids. Like literally oh. a whole expo hall. And it was, you know, like the Switch and Nintendo had Switch Youth and had all these games for kids. There were like jungle gyms for kids to play on like it was it was a whole (laughs) hall like I know I keep saying that but I was so blown away because I'd never seen anything like that that cared so much at a games event to create a space that's more family friendly that's cool yeah I thought that was really nice yeah
0: I haven't been to Paris games week more than one time and it was in 2015 I believe is when I went and I didn't see that it's also possible they didn't have that type of hall back then But all I remember from Paris Games Week is that it's massive. There's, again, like hundreds of thousands of people that show up for this event. And there was just trash everywhere. Oh, no. (laughs) Packs packs of teenagers roaming the halls and then trash. And everyone was just sitting on stairs. So they have these staircases going up and down. There's just like these like little gangs of teens.
2: <laughs> that Teenage is so gangs. funny. That's
0: taking over.
2: That,
1: that oh was
0: not my experience, but also I think that that's kind of amusing in its own way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, I can't understand anything anybody's saying because it's like it was French, German, and Spanish were like the major languages. I mean, there was obviously some people speaking English, but I was just like, I feel like I've seen...
1: This and now I, I'm just gonna go now.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go find a cafe. It can and be join a yeah. It can game. be
1: hard to be at um, at international events when you don't speak the language. Like you want to participate, but you just you, you can't. And <laughs> yeah. so like you know, you often go do your part or, or whatever, um, and and then you unfortunately have to step back. But. That's a bummer. I, uh, I did a talk for Women in Games at Paris Games Week, the Women in Games France, um, and I, I tried to speak my very bad French and then got really embarrassed and just immediately <laughs> stopped. <laughs> so that was she amazing. Tried. I know. I feel hey. like, you know, there is a little bit of effort, a, a little bit of A for effort in that one. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I want to go to Tokyo Game Show next year. I think that's the goal. That's my goal, and therefore Andrea, you got to ramp up your, your Japanese lessons. I know. That's what I'm saying. It'll give me even more motivation because I would love, I would love, 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 love to go to Tokyo Game Show just to experience it. Just kind of like how I want to go to Gamescom to experience it. I think Gamescom is going to be a one and done deal. But yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah,
0: I, I'm with you. I, I will do both with you, Britt. Let's oh, do
2: it. Oh, my ride or die, Andrea. Let's pe- let's pencil it in okay. for 2021.
0: <laughs> all right and on that note that's going to do it for the news now we're going to go into our second segment of the show as a friendly reminder to everybody listening whether you're listening on podcast services at youtube.com slash what's good games or watching with us live on twitch you can submit questions for dear wgg about the week's headlines or about whatever you want to what's good slash dear wgg or of course you can submit them in the chat they're just a little bit harder for us to keep track of there so we do encourage you to use the form and Before we get to any of your questions, we have obviously been talking with Anita this whole show, but we haven't talked about what Anita is doing. So, Anita, when you originally reached out to me about wanting to collaborate on something, you talked to me about the Games and Online Harassment Hotline and its participation slash involvement with what you guys are doing for Stay in
1: the Game Relief Fund. So which one would you like to talk about first? Uh, l- let me mishmash those together really quick. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, let me start with, I, I will explain the hotline, but um, right now we are in the middle of a fundraiser and um, the this fundraiser is unique in some ways because I was, you know, sitting around being like, there's all of these nonprofits that service the games industry, that support mental health of the games industry, that work to create diversity, you know, support developers and fans in these communities. And we're all being hit it really hard because of the pandemic, right? Um, we rely on particular sources of funding to keep our doors open. Like running a nonprofit is really hard at the best of moments, let alone <laughs> when everything is uncertain about the world. Um, and so we decided instead of thinking about funding as a scarcity where we have to compete with each other, we decided to band together. So four of us that run Nonprofit organizations came together to form the Stay in the the Game Relief Fund to just help us keep our doors open, to help us keep our programming going, and to respond to this particular moment in time that's happening because the the needs of our communities are shifting and changing in real time right now. So that is running at this moment. Um, We have... We are looking to raise fifty thousand dollars, and we have that fifty thousand dollars matched. So every dollar you donate to us will be doubled and matched um from really great sponsors like Riot and Double Fine. And um, Extremely Okay Games and a bunch of others. So if you want to find out more about how you can support us, you can go to givebutter.com slash game. Um, and also I should mention the other nonprofits, <laughs> which is probably important here. Um, so it's the IGDA Foundation, uh, Take This, the Global Game Jam, and then um, the Games and Online Harassment Hotline.
2: Can you so, read that URL one more time, please? Yeah,
1: it's givebutter dot com slash stay in the game. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, That is running until May 21st. So it's happening right now until May 21st. And on May 21st, guess what? It is Feminist Frequency's 11th anniversary. I wow. cannot. Hey, <laughs> congratulations. I know. I can't believe I've been doing this that long. I feel very old all of a sudden. But we're going to do a big <laughs> live stream with a bunch of guests and all sorts of fun stuff that day. So you can check oh, that no. out on um, our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash Femfreak. So those are my plugs. There you go. <laughs> well,
0: That's great. Yeah. And for people who maybe aren't aware, Feminist Frequency wasn't just the YouTube series that you did. You guys have an ongoing podcast, Feminist Frequency Radio, as well. Yeah.
1: So Feminist Frequency is a weird thing right now. Um, just for folks who, who have never heard of me or aren't familiar, Feminist Frequency is a nonprofit. Um, our original mission was to... Um, provide feminist analysis of popular culture. We got really known for games because we had a very successful series that got more than 14 million views on YouTube called Tropes Versus Women in Video Games. We were among the first um, to sort of mainstream feminist analysis of games. Um, and then uh, we started Feminist Frequency Radio, which is our podcast around um, just, you know, we we talk about pop culture and media from an intersectional feminist perspective. Um, and right now we're sort of focused a lot on like ending abuse in the games industry. Uh, unfortunately, I know a lot about that. <laughs> I know a lot about toxic uh, communities online. Um and when Me Too hit the games industry last year, um, in August, I was like, "Well, le- let's let's do something. Let's like, what can we do to finally like bring awareness to this space and actually make real systemic change?" So we're working on uh, several different initiatives, and the one that uh, is a part of this fundraiser I just mentioned is the games and online harassment hotline. Because look, I don't think it is fair for us to pretend like people don't have a hard time in games like because they're humans, like we were saying, and depression is real and crunch is real and online harassment is real in this space. And we wanted a space for folks to go and get the support that they need. Um, I think that, unfortunately, there isn't a lot of spaces that you can go to. There's, Your friends might think you're kind of nuts if you talk about the Internet harassing you or that, like, you know, you might be feeling like you can't take yes. all these long hours at work that's going mm-hmm. on. And so we wanted to do something – you know we want to create a space for folks to to have access to emotional support from like trained people who know how to how to listen to to you and and respond and also you know one of the other pieces of that is referrals. so we want to send you to places that can actually help you and like make your lives better if that's something that you need
0: that is phenomenal to hear. I mean, I heck? saw that take this was Why? a partner. we've done a lot of work with take this what's since going what's going launched and we always try to remind people that their message of it's okay to not be okay is something that we all should embrace. Particularly, like you mentioned, when we live in these virtual digital spaces as gamers, more than the average bear. Oh, britt has gone again! Oh, you're back! What <laughs> is <was> happening? <laughs> She's been having some Skype woes. Um, that it's important to remember that there are resources for you and. That instead of taking that anger and aggression to the internet and harassing somebody or being mean or vicious or hurtful to people, that maybe you should talk to somebody about where that anger is coming from and why you feel that way and why those emotions are making you want to lash out and hurt people.
1: Absolutely. It's really great to hear that you're working on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I noticed – so. I I made a joke about understanding toxicity in the game space, but you know I've been dealing with really aggressive online harassment for over eight years now. Like it's just unrelenting, and there isn't a lot of there isn't a there isn't a lot of support for that. Um, I, I know I'm hedging about saying that, but I can't tell you the amount of times that I have been on phone calls with complete strangers because a friend of a friend was like, "Hey, can you talk to such and such? They're dealing with." you know, a Twitter, um, uh, you know, harassment on Twitter or someone is stalking them or what have you. And, you know, it's, it's, it is a very sad, it's really sad and frustrating to hear these stories, but it got me thinking about how, like, I can't be the only one <laughs> answering these calls, um, or, you know, me and other folks who have been in my position, like how, how do we centralize that in some ways? Um, and, um, when Me Too hit the games industry, I opened up the Feminist Frequency Twitter account and and just said, hey, if folks need somewhere to go or someone to talk to, please reach out. And like, I was like, oh, my God, people will use this. So that's really where some of this came from is just how do we create a space for folks to get that kind of emotional support and be believed? Um, because I think – Oh, I don't know what's happened Anita, to my camera. <laughs> you are, saying,
0: you, are say, you are saying some like super important things and I think Skype just like like something's happening with Britt's camera. So, I'm going <laughs> to try to get it fixed so that I can get you uh, I can get you back online here. Just give me one second, yeah. everybody. Thank you for your patience and for standing by. This is what happens when you're doing live live broadcasting, everybody. Sometimes the, the, the shit just hits the fan. Um, so Brittany was texting me because clearly we lost her video feed. So let me get you back up in the window here so we can continue our conversation. Um, so, Anita, you were talking about this idea of people always associating you with online harassment and reaching out to you as somebody... Oh, there she is. She's
2: back. We're back. we back, <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> it's literally, I know we're trying to have
1: like this deep conversation. Am I seeing it's it's totally the bed? Like it's never been <laughs> <shitted> before. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the choice of live streaming, right? And I just, I love how supportive audiences have been right now because we're all just trying to make this happen and live streaming is never consistent. So, y'all are great for hanging in with us.
0: Thank you, everybody. We appreciate your patience. And people listening on
1: podcasts have no
0: idea what's yeah, happening. Yeah, that's They're just true. like, oh, <laughs> like, why are there these w- weird, awkward pauses? And it's like, oh, because everything on the video side of the live stream is just like off the rails right now. <laughs> um, but I do want to kind of circle back to what we were t- discussing and first say, What an amazing pillar of strength you are to not only women in the games industry, but people of color, LGBTQ+, for kind of being that beacon to say, hey, you're not alone. We are all gamers together. It's been a big message for us here at What's Good Games as well to remind people that there are safe spaces and there are communities for you, and that no one deserves to be told that they're not a real gamer, they're not a gamer enough. And that the harassment that you've been dealing with systemically for so many years, when you said eight years, I don't think any of us really fully realize the weight of that and the weight that you have to carry around day to day. And not only are you dealing with that internally and having to process your own feelings, but now you have to deal with the pressure of trying to be a a counselor or a shoulder or a resource for people when that's not your job, I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's absolutely admirable that you're that you are willing to do that. But I can't even imagine the, the toll that takes on you. So like. Can we just give you like a a mad props for still smiling, still making content, still getting out there, still putting yourself out there? Because a lot of people would say, fuck
1: this, table flip, I'm out. God, I would love to flip a table. It's like a lifelong (laughs) dream to flip a table. (laughs) One day that's going to happen. I don't know when or how, but I'll make that happen. Um, That's really sweet of you to say. I really appreciate that. I feel like this is so cheesy, but I feel like – things happen in your life and you make choices about how you respond to them. And I think it is perfectly acceptable for folks um, who have to check out because it, it, it it's 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 hard. <laughs> I was going to swear. I'm not sure if we're allowed to do that here. You yes, can definitely are. swear <laughs> on this show. Um, it's it's <laughs> fucking hard. You know, like it's, it's really <laughs> yeah. it's a lot. Um, and so no judgment at all. But for me, it was like all of my feminist ethics and, and morals and everything that I came to this work to do, um, it, it felt like I needed to be present. I needed to bring the analysis. I needed to be there for folks. And, and really, this is a space where I feel like I can make change because of my horrible experiences. I am now sort of qualified in this space to try and, and really make some real systemic differences. So I really appreciate um, that, that support and, and your kind words.
0: Anytime. I've always been a fan of yours. I've always loved your work. Uh, I would love to debate you on some of uh, the finer arguments you've made in your trope series for another time. <laughs> sure. Um, but I think the work you're doing is important and the voices are are necessary. And I think that you also do a lot of work with great people, like, you know, for the for the fundraising that you guys are doing this week and through the end of, of the month through May 21st. So if you guys want to support the nonprofits, if you want to support the Harassment, hot, anti-harassment hotline <laughs> uh, and everything that they're doing with mental health initiatives. Of course, we have that link in the Twitch chat. We'll put the link in the description. Give dot com slash stay in the game stay in the game and so if you guys want to click on those you can get all of the details about that so thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us about this I know that it must get a little exhausting to be like oh we're talking about we're talking about it again do I have
1: to keep talking about it <laughs> you know the hotline is new so I'm super excited to talk about it actually so let's just keep up that energy for right now <laughs> there we go and if you want to know more Excellent. about the hotline it's at um, you can just follow us everywhere at games hotline it's not open yet but it will be soon so um, maybe when it's open I'll come back on <laughs> (laughs) and we can can chat a little bit about that.
0: We would love to have you. But I do have a question that's a a little bit on the lighter side. I know some people have been dropping questions in the chat asking about what kind of games you like to play. Mm. And Chris M. wrote in and said, what
1: tabletop games does she like to play with friends? I love tabletop. (laughs) I love playing with friends. I think that I like shifted hard. Oh, I just hit my mic. Sorry about that. Um, I think I just shifted hard into tabletop for a few years. Um, I just got a little bit burnt out from... (laughs) um from doing the trope series to be honest and it's been it's, it's so nice to just be in a room with friends having fun in that way um so i I've been really excited to play ga- tabletop games. There's a couple that I've been playing digitally with friends um, during the pandemic. Um, one is Inhuman Conditions, which is a one uh, v one five minute rounds where you are investigating whether the other person is a robot or not. Um, it, it's it's Blade Runner, but they're not allowed to say that. Okay, <laughs> legally they're not allowed to say that, but it's basically the Blade Runner test, which is super fun. Um, it's called Inhuman Conditions. And then another one that we've been playing is called Wavelength, um, and that one is uh, – it's. I, I feel like there's probably a really easy way to describe it, but it's a – you're given a binary, um, so it can be like um, hot, f- co- hot food, cold food, or like good topic, boring topic, and there's a spectrum, and the other people have to guess based on your clue where on the spectrum it lands, and it's really, really simple, but it brings up so much – interesting conversation because like your clue like if the 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 hints are binary your clue has to land somewhere in between the two and so it's just it's a really fun one to play it's very easy to get new people into and I've just I've been really enjoying those
0: I think both of those sound cool I think tabletop is such an interesting idea um, and Brit is and <laughs> Brit is coming back in uh, I have to say Britt there was a moment that you were frozen <laughs> And you had the funniest face. You were like...
2: Surprise! <laughs> I'm frozen! I, I was my actually Viking beard back in hopes that maybe this will give me the strength to keep away. But <laughs> <the strength. laughs>
0: well, We're almost done with the show. If, if your connection can hang in just a little bit longer. Um, but I was hosting at GameSpeed Summit online uh, just a few days ago, and they had a really great panel with Alon Lee, the creator of Exploding Kittens. And they were talking about air gap tabletop games and this concept that I'd never really heard of before and how it's become very popular with people in a time of social distancing and self-isolation this idea of what are there games that can, you can play with tabletop components but you're doing it in a virtual setting and it's been this whole like new discovery of all of these kinds of games that not only have I not heard of but I had never even realized that that was a style of play that was possible yeah so it's cool Tabletop is great. I love Tabletop. I want to play more Tabletop.
2: I games. do, too. Br- you play a lot of board games. I played a lot of the Pathfinder Adventure Card game for a while, and then I did the Resident Evil 2 board game. Um, I haven't played board games in a while, but I really want to get back into them, because especially right now, since the only way I'm really entertaining myself is with the screen, it'd be nice to step away from a screen and look at you know, something that's not going to burn my retinas out, but i need to get back well- into it.
1: The, the thing about Inhuman Conditions is that um, if you're quarantined with one other person, you can play this game. Like there aren't a ton. Mm. Sorry, that's not true. But most tabletop games require more than two people. And this is one that does only require two people if you want it. So like I feel like finding those games so that you can go offline in your homes in this moment is really um, is a treat. Yeah, One hundred percent agree. Um,
0: I'm, I'm trying to decide if we should risk we should risk another question or not, I would say probably not knowing the, the what's happening with Britt's connection, but <laughs> TomAdora64 wrote in and said, Hi, thanks to Anita for raising awareness of gender equality issue in games. As a man in the industry, I would love to know what I can do to help tackle representation issues
1: and uplift my fellow game devs. Thanks again, Tom. Awesome. That's a really good question. I think that there's a number of things that that men specifically can do as allies in this space. Um, one is to very simply believe women when they talk about their experiences. Um, I think that as a baseline, uh, too often that doesn't happen um, because you might be like, well – you know, I don't know if the harassment is that bad. Or like, I know the person who you're saying harmed you, and he would never do that. Like, you know, start to start to give women at least the benefit of the doubt when they're talking about their experiences. In terms of trying to make um, in terms of like sort of larger issues, I think some things you can do is work on yourself. So start looking into um, what it means to be an ally, start understanding and learning about feminism and feminist issues, really like Dedicate yourself in some ways to doing that work and educating yourself, instead of putting the onus on oppressed communities to teach you how to be better. Um, and at the same time, recognize that you are going to make mistakes and you're going to say stupid shit, and that's okay if you can bounce back out of it, right? If you can learn from your mistakes and you know, and still feel like you're a part of you know making the world a better place. Um, also. Um, uplift the voices of marginalized folks who are talking about important issues you know bring up these issues yourself you can intervene in ways if you are a game dev or at your office and you notice something that isn't right or you know you want to advocate to have more female characters in games like speak up do do that work and be in that space as an advocate for us
0: amen you just like dropping all kinds of good knowledge nuggets on the show today (laughs) Well, I don't think it's going to get better than that. So, Anita, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today and to talk about the news with us and to give us all the information on these fantastic projects you're working on. If you guys want to follow Anita, she's just at Anita Sarkeesian on Twitter. Of course, twitch.tv slash Femfreak is their Twitch channel for feminist frequency radio is available on podcast platforms where you listen to what's good games. And don't forget to mark your calendars for May 21st for the 11th birthday. 11. Wow, that's <laughs> wow. crazy. I know. Uh, congrats again. And thank you for being on the show, Brittany. I'm glad that you were able to hang in there for the end <laughs> and uh, we will be back on Friday. I do want to give one little tiny pre happy birthday we had a little message from Grizz, who is one of our fantastic mods in the What's Good Games Discord. Any chance I could get a B-Day shout-out, of course you can. Uh, he is great, and our whole mod team over on Discord is awesome. So happy birthday, Grizz. And um, we'll see you guys uh, later in the week. We've got streams tomorrow. We've got podcasts on Friday. We've got the anniversary of this weekend. Join us here at What's Good Games. All right, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.